I do not for one think that the problem was that the band was down. I think that the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. All right? That tended to understate the hugeness of the object. I really think you're just making a much too big a thing out of it. Making a big thing out of it would have been a good idea. Nigel gave me a drawing that said 18 inches, all right? I know he did, and that's what now, I'm talking about. Now, he knows the difference between feet and inches is not my problem. I do what I'm told. But you're not as confused as him, are you? I mean, it's not your job to be as confused as Nigel is. It's my job to do what I'm asked to do by the creative element of this band. Welcome back to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Across from me is Arwen. Joker's out. Yes. And uh, I want to see it, but... Uh, I'm working stupid hours again. Yes, so you are. I probably won't see it till it comes out on Blu-ray or uh, some digital service. Anyway, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. You can also follow us on Facebook. And hello, new Facebook people. We are Happy Funtime Movie Hour. So now that that's out of the way, I mean. You found us, so you you already know where to find us on on the right. <laughs> if they are listening, they did find us somehow. Right, I'll mention all that crap at the yes. end. Anyway, um, we're everywhere. This is our last music month of September episode. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Um, although next week is still uh, September, right? Yeah. So we got one more coming. I thought you said we only had three weeks in September, or three episodes that we could do in September. I was wrong. Why did you believe me? Um, I don't know. I should never. I didn't trust look at a you. calendar that day, so. Yeah, you're like, oh, there's only three weeks. And I'm like, oh, okay. There's only three weeks in September. That's what I thought you said. Well, the next Saturday will kick off October, basically. No, October kicks off October. It's like two days before. It's still September. Tune in next week with our last musical episode of the month. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, this movie. Let, let's let me just back this up a little bit because this movie is very very good. Yes. Um, everybody I know who has seen this movie likes this movie. They should. It's a very good movie. I didn't know about this movie until one day my Sunday school teacher uh-huh. said, have you seen this movie? And I was like, what movie? He goes, oh, it's about this band and uh, a lot of stuff goes wrong and it's hilarious. You should see it. I'm like, what's the movie called? And he goes, it's called This is Spinal Tap. It's on, it's on VHS. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I found it at my local video store. Mm-hmm. I rented it, and he was right. It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And that was back when I was in a band. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Because <laughs> if that happens to me, I'd be sad. You know, stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, this, this movie is called This is Spinal Tap. It is one hour, 22 minutes long, uh, made in 1984, and it is rated R. And we are a family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies. And more. And more. If you're listening, you know what we are. If you're new, 
uh, you should have started earlier because uh, today is just dumb, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing everything out of sorts. You're super jabbering. Yeah. Um, this movie is directed by Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. He directed When Harry Met Sally, You Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle. He's done more than just um, rom-coms, though. The Princess Bride. I don't think so. Uh, I'm I'm going through his uh, like the the movies I know that he directed, and I can't think. Uh, uh, Stand by me. Did he do Stand by me? Yeah, why not? Don't fib. I think he did Stand by me. You have a phone somewhere. I'm eight percent sure to right now. Eight percent sure. So. So we'll, um, we'll we'll be like, hey, just investigate him yourself. Yeah, I'm sure he's done more than just rom coms. Well, he did Stand by Me. He he's done. He, we don't know that because we, we don't have phone in front of us right now. We have we have my brain and it is a Rob Reiner. <laughs> phone. It is. It okay. Is. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So uh, the documentarian uh, is a guy by the name of Marty DeBergi. Uh huh. And uh, he's he kind of goes through this. He follows the band on their american tour things just don't go right but uh the band the main band is Derek smalls who just released a solo album this year yeah um or last year i mean uh david st hubbins and nigel tufnell yes and then uh, a fellow named viv he does the keyboards and a guy named mick does the drumming the dvd commentary is amazing because the band gets back together and does the commentary and I think I want to watch it with the commentary on after we're done with this. Okay. Because I've done it before, and it's like, ooh, I remember that. <laughs> I've never oh, watched it like that. I've seen that before. Um, so. I've heard it's hilarious. Um, Derek Smalls uh, calls this a hatchet job. He does not like this film. Right. Um, a lot of musicians uh, have this film in their uh, library catalog, you know, um, because of how true it is yeah so anyway let's boogie (laughs) what i know they say that in the movie and it just makes me giggle he goes he goes let's boogie (laughs) um and and we cut right to the band coming to new york city they're a heavy metal band they're like a old like i would say hair metal band like poison so what what this band reminds me of is like the the Beatles and Stones they kind of started off that way yeah. and then they evolved through all the different eras right yeah so you get that you know yeah, experience very through much, through this documentary very much like the Rolling Stones um, yeah they show them coming in and uh, and there's a couple interview sessions well it's the same interview session they just break it up over yes. three segments mm-hmm. um, the first one is where they're talking about their original lineup yes. And, uh, of course, their first drummer died in a gardening accident. Um, and from what Nigel says in this film is that uh, the, the police said, you better just leave that unsolved. <laughs> you just just put it away. That's just odd so they don't, the police would say such a thing. They don't know what happened there, but he, he got replaced by another guy that they also called Stumpy, by the way, because the first one was called Tom Stumpy Peppers or something like that. I think like so. That. And then the other one was called Pete Stumpy something or other. And then they got uh, James Bond, a uh, guy named James Bond. Peter James Bond. Yeah, Peter James Bond. Um, is he the one who who died by vomit? Yeah, he choked on vomit. It it wasn't his vomit, uh, his own vomit. It was that some, we know of. Someone else's vomit. 
but really you can't dust for vomit. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the greatest lines. It is. He was like totally serious. It's like you can't dust for vomit, and it's you, like you just can't you, dust who, for vomit. Who would have thought of even trying right. that? Right. <laughs> we we get to hear one of their most popular songs tonight. I'm going to rock you tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of catchy, actually. Little girl, it's a great big world, but there's only so much you can see. You're young, and I'm too well hung. <laughs> so tonight I'm going to rock you. <laughs> yeah, lines like that <sighs> keep this band in business. <laughs> It just does. Um, by the way, they did play Live Aid. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. Um, and when, at Queen's uh, tribute show, they came out and did a song for that, too. And that was in 95, 97 or something like that. So anyway, back to the show. Of course, Mick and Viv aren't really part of the band. They are a part of the band, but they're kind of like just these two other guys, right? Yes. And... Viv is a very accomplished keyboardist, and Mick is a very accomplished drummer. Mm -hmm. But I think between Mick and Viv, I mean, they've replaced, they've been like the 30th replacement Um, of the band. I think we heard that they'd had 37 members in this band. Yeah, this band has had about 37 members, so almost around 40. And uh, Mick Fleetwood played for them the last time. Oh, really? uh, On their last album. Yeah. uh, Back from the Dead. That's so, interesting. So they show the band origin in uh, 1964 uh-huh. when they were called the Tamesmen. Yes. Now they were first first they were called the Originals, but they found out another band was called the Originals, so they had to change their name and they changed it to the the New Originals. Well, then the Originals dropped their name. They were like, well, maybe we should go back to the Originals. They scrapped both those ideas and became the Tamesmen. And then they showed them on uh, Stop, Pop, and Listen, mm-hmm. like that that uh, old 60s uh, show on yes. Britain. And uh, they were singing their most famous song at the time. It's called Give Me Your Money. Yes. Or Give Me Some Money. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which we hear quite a bit throughout the movie. Yeah. Like, it's their warm-up song. Yeah. Which is funny. We see some weird stuff in the next scene, though, uh-huh. uh, at uh, their opening night party. Oh, at Bobby's party? Yeah, at Bobby Fleckman's party. Now, Bobby Fleckman, beautiful woman, um, smokes a lot. People like, smoked a lot in the 80s. Yeah, I and mean, before. Derek is smoking this ridiculous pipe the whole entire movie. The whole movie. Uh, Nigel chews gum like a damn cow chewing uh-huh, his cud uh-huh. the entire movie. Yeah. Um, he so, even sticks it on his finger at one point because yeah. he's saving it. Yeah, he's saving it for later. But they meet, uh, what's his name? Ian? Sir, Sir somebody. Oh, Douglas. Sir, Sir Doug- Douglas something. Yeah. He was the record. Polymer Records yeah. uh, president or vice president, CEO, something. somebody like that. And so they meet him and he gives this great speech and he goes, and now let's tap into America. <laughs> Weirdly enough, we saw two kind of they became they became stars later, uh, dressed as mimes as the catering. Oh yeah, and you know comedians they just they they used to. Oh yeah, they work in restaurant waiters. work. Yeah. But we did see it is confirmed it was Dave, Dana Carvey uh-huh. and Billy Crystal. Yeah, as mime waiters. As mime waiters, and just just a weird coincidence. Just the most ridiculous thing yeah. ever. I mean, at this time, I thought Billy Crystal was doing soap. Maybe Dana he Carvey still needed was, to eat. Dana Carvey was definitely in 
like a, a, a sketch comedy group in New York mm-hmm. at the time. He mm-hmm. had not made it yet. Uh, he didn't make it for another 15 years, really. 10, yeah. 10 15 years. Oh, yeah. Ian Faith is their manager, and he was he was prominently in this uh, mm. documentary as well. But they talk a little bit about the the new album. And this isn't where the album gets kind of cursed, but they're talking about it in this scene. Um, and it's called Smell the Glove. Yes. And they have a couple cool songs on there. One's called Stonehenge. They really are up on that. And then uh, Big Bottoms. Uh-huh. So and then they show them playing big bottoms and the one of the cool parts about this song is, is that Derek, Nigel and uh David are all playing a bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. So at this party, yeah. We kind of noticed that the three main musicians all have a cold sore. Well, okay, there's a reason and it was cut. Yes. Okay, so But like, it's it's you know, you get a vibe that maybe it was they were making out with each other. Yes, that's what I thought for years. Yeah. But apparently there was another band that was touring with them. It was an all-girl band. Uh-huh. And they were actively mating with these people. <laughs> and uh, those women were riddled with herpes. So, yeah, there you go. So at least now you know yeah. why, because they don't explain it no. at all in this documentary. No, they, they're they just like casually talking with these big old coal sores yes. on their lip at one point. I'm like, ew, what the heck's going on? <laughs> um, so they talk a little bit about their reviews. I forget the names of all of them, except for Shark Sandwich. Yes. Um, and I'm not going to repeat the review no. on there, but it was two words. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was, you know, basically crap sandwich. Yes, yes. And they were like, you can't put that in print. You know, <laughs> and, and he, he cussed, you know, he said the S word, but I'm not going to say that because we're a family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies. Um, but one of them is like the gospel according to spinal tap and there's a lot of religious iconography yeah. all over it and it was called uh uh, uh sacrilegious and they're like ah it's rock and roll man yeah they're all they're all british yeah. so they they see it quite differently um they talked to derek at one point when he came into the band uh they had officially started naming themselves spinal tap and uh they they were like a flower power band in the late 60s uh-huh and it was a song called Listen to the Flower People. Yes. And uh, that was a weird one. It's a really good song, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, while we're discussing this album coming out, uh, Bobby, the the hostess, yeah. and Ian have an argument about the cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, apparently the cover uh, would never pass in this Me Too generation of ours or era of ours. It wouldn't didn't pass it, it was 1984 a, standards it was a half, either. It was a half-naked woman on all fours. Um, there's a man holding a uh, you know a leash that she is you know attached to at the neck, um, and uh, he's shoving a rubber glove in her face. I mean, you don't find that offensive? No. What's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> What? Oh my God! You guys gotta watch this movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. It's just it, it wasn't a. It was originally it wasn't a glove. What was it? It would have been a condom. Oh yeah, that's even worse. That's, they call them gloves. Oh. Yeah. That's disgusting. Well, you know, it's a rock band. What I are you gonna don't do? Care. It's still gross. Kiss had an album called "Lick It Up." I know. I can't believe that song passed radio <laughs> standards. 
When we went to the concert, they played that song, and I yeah. was like, these are the dirtiest lyrics. <laughs> it's a dirty song. <laughs> And there's um, children there. It was just boggling. But yeah, they they then they had to tell the band that uh, the album cover is wrong, and this is where you know she goes. Bobby Fleckman goes. It's a very sexist album cover, mm-hmm. and Nigel, he's just dumb. Nigel and, and has like, got like a ten IQ. Yeah, he's like, what's wrong with being sexy? Uh-huh. And they're like, sexist, sexist. And he goes, all right, what? You know. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Nigel, uh, at one of the scenes they show, Nigel can't figure out the catering. Yes. It's like these little tiny bits of bologna. Or, no, it's, it's, it's huge lunch bologna. meat. Yeah, it's lunch meat. And, and these little, pieces little tiny of bread. bread. You fold the... Uh, you Ian can't even, fold the bread. Ian, the bread Ian breaks. Even, Ian even comes in and it's like folds the meat just right so it fits on the slice of bread yeah but then, then you keep folding and then he keeps folding it i was like why does he keep folding yeah that's what i'm trying to say you just keep folding and folding and then the bread just falls apart it's just stupid yeah idiotic. i know it's um, just but then he was upset thing. with the the cheese crackers because you know the cheese was in weird shapes um he was mad because the green olives some had pimentos and others didn't yeah he goes he goes look little guy in that one no little guy in this one it's madness <laughs> so that was such a diva move. Yeah. And then they show him playing uh, one of my favorite songs by Spinal Tap called Hellhole. Mm-hmm. And this is when Nigel, like, he, he leans all the way back to be on his back while he's playing his solo. And usually Nigel can just spring right back up. But this time he just couldn't. He so, turtled. Yeah, he, he had to, like, get somebody to help him back up on his feet. And he looks so happy when he gets back up on his feet. <laughs> They talk about a little bit about Nigel's guitars. Um, he's got a ton of guitars. Um, one of them still has a tag on it. You're not allowed to play it. Not, not allowed, allowed to touch to look it. At it. Not allowed to look at it. And so that's what they Just do. Move on. Um, but you know they show these. Marshall made a special kind of. Uh, Is that an amp? Amp amplifiers yeah. for them. Um, so all their Marshall amps. Um, you know how ten is the highest. Yes. Eleven is the highest for Spinal Tap. Just for them. So, like, you know how some people, like, when they go, they have to go to nine, and then then when they really want to hit it home, they, they turn it to ten. Yeah. Well, them, with Spinal Tap, because they're one of the loudest bands in the world, uh, they, they're already at ten, and you can't go any higher than ten, so Marshall helped them out. These go to eleven. Why, why didn't they just make ten louder? Because these go to eleven. What? I'm serious. They just go to 11. It's like it's like in a real world situation, it can only go to 100. Yeah. Like 100%. But How can you go 110? They, it's not a real thing. They go to 11. That's one higher than 10. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's one yeah, higher. Yeah, one higher. Okay. So anyway, um, they find out that the gigs aren't selling out as they like. Oh, it just gets real bad. Uh, yeah. Um, they're in Memphis. And then they find out that the show has been canceled. Mm-hmm. Or they're in Seattle and they find out that their venue has changed because they couldn't sell out the arena. So then they're working at an Air Force base. Well, that was after David's Yeah, but still, they're, came they're in. still not selling out. They're That's not the selling point. out, yes. And so, I mean, it's sad. 
when when the Sex Pistols toured America, it was their one and only American tour because they they broke up at the end. Oh, uh huh. And and they they got more and more miserable until they hit the end, and then they were like, "I'm gonna sing a song called No Fun for the next 18 minutes." Oh my! And and that's all he sings. I mean, it's just a single guitar riff, like monotone guitar riff. The drummer's just hitting his cymbal, and uh, the bass player's not playing at all. And 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 uh, Johnny Rotten was just singing, "No fun for you, no fun." <laughs> and he's just like, they what were they were dicks. <laughs> so there's that. They interview Ian for a couple minutes about you know the band and how he's been with them, and uh, they show this cricket bat and uh, a couple scenes where he has used his cricket bat to smash a television when he's angry with the band or to clear a table yes. when he's angry with the band at least he doesn't hit the band members right now nah, that's the that money we saw. <laughs> you, can't, you can't hit the money no but janine is david st hubbin's wife they own a zoo in New England. I mean, in England now, <laughs> and it's a it's a wildlife preserve, mm -hmm. and they have dolphins and seals. That's ridiculous. Well, it's an aquarium, but it's also got a lot of animals on the land that can't breathe water. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying that's what they do. Yeah, Janine is coming, so we find that out, and Janine, I feel like Janine is the one that kind of. Broke the band up for a while. She was their Yoko. Yeah. They hear their one of their old songs yes. on the radio, mm -hmm. Cups and Cakes. Oh, yeah. And they're listening to it, and they're like, oh, this is great. We, we got airtime. And then the disc jockey, he says, well, here's a band from the Where Are They Now file. And they're, like, sitting there listening to, in horror, that they're irrelevant. Yeah. It happens. So with, with them not needing to be at the show, the next logical step is to go to Graceland. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to Graceland and they pay respects to the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. In a very silly way, um, they decide, Nigel and David decide they're going to harmonize uh, singing Heart, Heartbreak Hotel. Right. And uh, they can't figure out the harmony. <laughs> so they give up. Yes. That, that's just a weird scene. And Marty DeBerge, I mean, when he was doing this documentary, he caught a lot of weird stuff. A lot of weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did put down Janine equals Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they show him at a sound check and Janine shows up and everybody's happy. Well, David's happy. Yeah. Um, Nigel is clearly upset. Upset. Jealous, maybe. Yes. That's that's why I know, you know we I know. we there's, got that vibe that maybe they that had made whole out thing but. like maybe they're like uh, Mick Jagger and David Bowie maybe they just like screwing each other that's a thing nah -uh. yeah but their album arrives at at this stop the the new album oh yes uh huh and it's a it's a black album um, there is no nothing on there it's just a black pitch black pitch black album as they describe it as have, death. Yeah, death or a curse. Yeah. Nigel says, if anybody were to ask me how much how much black this could be, um, none more black. It cannot be any blacker than this. N Nigel is, is very special. Yeah. Uh, most of the scenes yeah. are split between Nigel and David, but right. we get more Nigel 
than David. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nigel is definitely the focus on this hatchet job. Yeah. They show them singing Rock and Roll Creation, another favorite song of mine. This is the one with the pods, right? Yes. <laughs> so they, the three you know, guitarists come out of these pods, except Derek Small's pod does not open. Yes. So during the whole entire song, a roadie is trying to open the pod. He's using a hammer. He uses a crowbar. Eventually, he uses a blowtorch. Yeah. And eventually gets him out. Just as the song just as the song ends, and when the song ends, they go back into the pods, and the pods close. Well, he comes up to the microphone, realizes the song is completely over, so he goes back to the pod, and it closes before he can get his body in there, and just his arm is yeah. just in there, stuck. Yeah, unfortunately, Derek seems to have the most um, problems on stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does. So, yeah, Nigel hates Janine. Mm-hmm. I know that. She didn't like him either. Right. They show Nigel playing a piano, and it's a very nice song. Oh, it's a very nice melody. Um, I forget what key he said is the sad key, but he's like, ha, 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 you know that? Mm-hmm. And Marty was like, oh, it's a very nice song. I love the sound of this song. It's very soft. It's not like your usual stuff. He goes, yeah, it's part of a trilogy. He goes, oh, what's this piece called? And he goes, it's called Lick My Love Pump. <laughs> so, yep, he did. So very <laughs> deadpan serious. That's the name of his song. The next scene is one of my favorites. Is it the cucumber scene? Yes. Okay, describe it. <laughs> so they're going through a metal detector at an airport. Mm-hmm. And... Derek sets off the alarm. Yeah. And so the the women security, you know, take all the metal out. And he takes out the most ridiculous like, things. Yeah, coins, yeah. a tuning fork. Yeah, all this weird stuff. Yeah. He even takes off his jacket. He's still setting off the detector. And right. so she takes the wand out, you know, and eventually mm-hmm. gets to the crotch area. Yeah. And, and it, it, it wheel, like, wheel. yeah. And she's like, do you have any... Uh, what was it? Uh, artificial, artificial limbs. Artificial limbs. And he says, I don't think so. <laughs> like, you would know if you did. I know. <laughs> and so she she looks kind of nervous about asking this, but yeah. she's like, can you? And he just opens his zipper and pulls out this tinfoil wrapped cucumber. Yeah. And everyone behind him is just laughing hysterically. Everybody's laughing. Yes. I mean, why would you go through airport security like that? I know. Um, I think in, in that interview we watched last night, he said that he had forgotten it was there. Oh. And that's why it happened. How do you forget that you have a, a giant cucumber in your pants? I don't know. But he said, he said, you know, you go to 99 airports, they're going to film that one. This is a hatchet job. <laughs> um, we get uh, Artie Fumf- Fufkin yes. shows up. He's kind of a like a liaison for Polymer Records. Mm-hmm. And he's going to, he's kind of going to take the band to an autograph signing uh, in whatever city they're in. I can't even remember what city they're in. I think it was in. Milwaukee, wasn't it? Okay. That's probably true. I didn't write it down. So they get there, and uh, nobody shows up for the autograph signing for the brand new album. And that's pretty sad. So so I sit there watching it, and I was like, I hope they brought white Sharpies. Yeah. <laughs> and they did it. They had black they had black, pens. Yeah, they had black <laughs> pens. 
It just, didn't matter anyway. They didn't but think. This band does not think. No. They show them singing uh, a band, a, a song called Heavy Duty Rock and Roll mm-hmm. um, in front of a packed crowd. I mean, they always have large crowds up until the end. Up until, yeah, yeah when later. They do their weird thing at the end. They had no fans show up to the autograph signing. Maybe, here's what I think. Maybe they just already had the album and they didn't know or it wasn't promoted right or promoted at all. There, there was speculation that Ian was not doing his job. Yeah. And uh, Artie turns around at one point. He says, he says, I'm sorry. This is my fault. You can all just kick me in the butt if you want. Just come up here and kick me. They're like, well, we don't want to. He goes, no, I want you to. Come up here and kick me. And I mean, if he wants to be abused, go for it, I guess. So just a note, a record was five ninety nine. Yeah, it was a five ninety nine record. Yeah, I miss those days. Oh, me too. Except you know, people made less money for mm-hmm. hours at that point yeah. too. But still, no, they had to have been in Cleveland because the next scene is them in, uh, getting lost in that arena. Oh, that's right. So this has happened to a lot of bands. I mean, we watched a couple things. Like every band has a Spinal Tap moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I believe Kit. Well, I know Kiss got lost in a band in, in an arena at one point. Um, they found out that they were in the basement. They went down some stairs, went into a basement, and they just couldn't find their way to the arena. And a maintenance worker there said, "Oh, I'll take you there," and he he led them. Oh, that's nice. And basically, he led them up two flights of stairs because the arena was actually on the second floor of the of where they were oh. where the green room was Weird. so they instead they thought they had to go downstairs to the arena because they thought they were already above the arena oh so anyway that's weird yeah it was earlier on in their uh career mm-hmm. i don't know what you call it mm-hmm. um but sticks this happened to sticks as well and it happened to uh cheap trick huh they all three have similar stories to that's what happens funny. here but the band is getting ready they're told they're on. You hear the guy say, live direct from hell, it's Spinal Tap. You know, and uh, they go, and they're in a boiler room, and they meet this guy. He's like, oh, you took a wrong turn. You need to go make a right, make another right, then a jog, go left, and then you'll see a door that says, what was it said? Like, uh, entertainers only or something like that, and that's your stage. Well... They took a right, another right, and then another right. They ended up back at the guy. They they just walked around What's the damn funny boiler. What's he should have just told them to turn around. They did turn around. They went the other way. No, no. They went right. Mm-hmm. They went in a circle. Yeah. Instead of just turning around and going back down that hallway. Yeah. I mean, that would have been the smarter thing to do to tell well, them to do. You, you know, people get bad directions. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I remember one time my mom... Uh, couldn't find her way out of Shelby Mm -hmm. and she was like how do I get back to Willard and some guy told her and we ended up somewhere in the uh, warehouse district of Shelby and she was still lost that's hysterical yeah and that's a true story your mom gets lost a lot yeah but that's the part of the adventure of driving (laughs) so they show them in a meeting and uh, Janine and David have this idea of dressing them up in zodiac animals. costumes. Yeah, like animals. Themed. Yeah, animals. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, Derek would be a goat. 
for Sagittarius. No, crab for Sag, uh, Cancer. Nigel would be a goat for Sagittarius. Goats um, aren't Sagittarius, are they? I don't know. It's the horns. Goat. It's a goat. Sagittarius is the archer. What's the goat? I don't know. I'll say it's a goat. Okay. He looked awful, though. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and David would be a lion yes. for, you know, mm-hmm. Leo. Um, and uh, Ian voiced a concern that, you know, that would be very expensive. Yes. So she's like, nobody likes any of my ideas, you know? And uh, they made fun of her because she can't say Dolby. She said doubly. Right? Isn't that it? She couldn't say Dolby sound. Uh She said doubly sound. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? But this is where Nigel was like, we should have a prop. Um, And he drew a, a, a rough sketch on a napkin. Yes. You know, 18 inches, 18 inches, 18 inches. And in it's Stonehenge. And he wants a giant Stonehenge on stage when they sing Stonehenge. Yes. Giant. Yeah, he said big. he wanted it big. He wanted Even it big. though he put inches. the symbols for inches, mm-hmm. he he really wanted it to be gigantic. Right. So later on they show the, the, the model. But it's not the model. But it's not the model. It is the actual size. And uh, Ian is furious. And for some reason they go ahead and do it anyway. And they show this in the footage uh, in the movie is where they're singing the song Stonehenge. Yes. And by the way, they are the most ignorant lyrics I have ever heard. Oh, yeah. About anything that has to do with Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. Nigel, who wrote the song, had no idea what Stonehenge was. He just heard the word Druid and Stonehenge, and he wrote a whole song about it. I feel like that's Nigel's entire life. Yeah. They lower this 18-inch Stonehenge down (laughs) behind Derek. And, like, yeah, David... David... (laughs) David sees it descending. He's smiling at first, then he sees it, and he's horrified. He's like, oh, no. And it lowers behind Derek, and Derek sees it, and he's like, what the hell? And Nigel's the last yeah, one to course. see it, and he is furious. Nigel's playing his mandolin piece, this Irish uh, tune, and he's just playing it, and these two uh, little people come out to dance around the Stonehenge. And... Uh, David says it later on is like we we had a prop we had a Stonehenge that uh, was in very much danger of being uh, uh, trampled by a dwarf yes or something like <laughs> that's that that's what he said yeah yeah so this is why Ian quit the band that and the suggestion that Janine help him yeah yeah he didn't want her help either no so Janine I guess is the the manager Janine now. takes over as manager which is not a good thing. Right. She is all about star charts and yeah. astrology. Yeah, she shows, like, like this is the best time to do this show because we're in uh, the age of Aquarius and this is the third house and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, none of this makes sense. Astrology is the dumbest thing. Astronomy, I mean. Astronomy is the dumbest thing in the world. Astrology. Astrology? Yes, astrology. astrology. Astronomy, you are studying the stars. Astronomy. Astrology, you think that you're going to get wisdom from the stars yeah yes yeah it's the one that's mumbo jumbo yes i even wrote mumbo jumbo on my uh, notebook so 
Janine is the reason that they start getting these smaller and smaller venues. Well, if you can't sell... Because their tickets aren't selling and their gigs are getting canceled. So she's just trying to get them to play somewhere. getting them gigs so they can get paid. Exactly. Which is a nice thing to do, but you would think that there would be a little more thought process behind this. Yeah. um, The Air Force base officer who greets them in Seattle, like they're going to the Air Force base... He greets them and he goes, it's finally nice to meet Spinal Tarp. Yeah. And earlier on, um, when the limo driver has a sign up for the band, it says Spinal Pap. Uh Uh-huh. P-A-P. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, there's something wrong. Yes. If if they can't get their names right. Yes. But they're like, yeah, we, we like music and all this other stuff. And so they sing Sex Farm. These conservative-looking people yeah. do not like this music. Yeah, their ears hurt. They don't want to be there. Oh, it was really funny also when the Air Force guy was like, yeah, we want to get you playing at, like, uh, what was it? Oh, 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 ten hundred oh, or something? Yeah, something like that. And, that, and they were like, so is that, is like, 50 like? hours from now? Yeah. It's like, like, no, it's a half hours. hour. Is that, like, 106 hours? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. If you don't know military time, it can be confusing. It, it can be. I learned military time because of our time clock at work. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I know it from doing my uh, quality checks. Oh, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, they sing Sex Farm. Nigel has this radio, like like a wireless guitar. Yeah, it's And wireless. it was getting signals from the Air Force Base, you mm-hmm. know, landing signals or whatnot. And he was getting more and more frustrated. So he just throws throws the guitar down and he walks off and he quit the band. Yeah. So Nigel quit the band. Yeah. That was um, the last straw for him. Yeah. The, one of the next scenes is like, you know, they talk a little bit about Nigel and they're like, you know, he's been my best friend forever, but you know what? When all is said is done and done, we've had 37 members and he's just one of them. Yeah, and I was like, that's really callous to say. It is. But, you know, yeah, when you're Derek, angry. Derek and David uh, have to decide what they're going to do because Nigel wrote majority of the songs. Mm-hmm. So Derek suggests uh, jazz experience. So going from a heavy metal band to a jazz band? Yeah. Just suddenly yeah. like that? And they put Janine in to play the tambourine. Yeah. So we didn't like that, but the, yeah, there's a marquee that they show, and it says uh, "Puppet Show" and "Spinal Tap." <laughs> um, there one was, another was one. the Wiz, uh, yeah, the Wiz and "Spinal Tap." And my question was, are they going to show the entire the Wiz, like the 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 play, and then "Spinal Tap" comes on after that? Wouldn't that <clears> be an interesting <throat> opener? That'd be a weird one because <laughs> the Wiz is typically, you know. Majority African Americans go see that, uh-huh. and heavy metal music. It is odd. It, it is, it is a odd. Purely Caucasian experience at some times, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe this was a whitewashed version. Yeah, <laughs> a white whiz. That sounds so weird. That's yeah. the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so I don't know because they didn't show it to us, of course. You see white you know, people singing "Ease On Down to- the Road." I could totally see somebody doing it though. It's that not, would be wrong. Exactly, it's not that right. Would, but I could be see. So wrong. I could see somewhere in the middle of Midwest America whitewashed versions of the whiz and it just my yeah, brain that's hurts terrible. that's <laughs> terrible so they do their jazz odyssey they call themselves spinal tap mark ii 
So now it's their end of the tour, and they have a little rap party for that. Uh, Polymer Records. We get to see uh, uh, Bobby Fleckman again, and mm-hmm. at this point, uh, Sir, what's his name, uh, doesn't show up at all. <laughs> he's no. like, he's like, let's tap them out. Yeah. Um, but you know, they talk about you know what they what they're gonna do now, and David says, well, I would love to play in front of you know London Philharmonic. And, yeah. And Derek says that he would like to do, you know, something. I don't remember what he wants. It's weird. He's whatever he got a lot to of do. weird st- ideas. Um, they interviewed Nigel at one point, and he said, you know, he would like to be like a a, a shoe store, like a cl- attendant, uh, that or just a department store yeah, attendant. It's like, Hello, sir. How are you? And then you say, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Um, what size shoe do you wear? size 13 oh we got those yeah do you like black i think i could do that i mean he's just so out of touch with what reality is and he's not smart and and then marty even asks him he says how would you like to do that job he goes ah oh, yeah i think i could do it i mean what are the hours it's like what <laughs> so nigel shows up at one of their gigs and they think he's there to rub his, their nose in the fact that they're not yes. good anymore. They're, yes. they're this jazz odyssey band. And uh, no, Nigel says that Sex Farm is uh, charting in Japan. Yeah, and that, like number five. And that Ian wanted to tell them and maybe get them back together to go to Japan. And he was like, I don't know about that. So they're, they're doing their gig. And Nigel's watching off stage, and David keeps, you know, nudging him to come out. He's like, come on out, come on mm-hmm. out. And so eventually, Nigel runs out on stage. The crowd goes crazy. Yeah. Because he he hadn't played in the last couple tour stops. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think more people liked Nigel than anybody else. Yeah. And uh, they show him playing, and then the drummer... Uh, spontaneously combusts. Yep, they lost another drummer. And and he's just dead. He died on screen. What's interesting, though, is without skipping a beat, the way that that Marty put this together, there's a new drummer, and it shows them in Japan playing. Yeah, and this drummer uh, is Joe Mama Besser. Yes. You know, good old Joe Mama Besser. We love that guy. Uh Uh-huh. He became the new drummer. He died... uh, uh, tragically as well later but you know it's nice to see that he got to be in the band for a little while before he died I guess if you're ready to die you join Spinal Tap as the drummer yeah. you know what else I'm ready to do Huh? reveal that this was all just <laughs> actors yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a mockumentary. It's a mockumentary, not a documentary. It's a rockumentary, not a mockumentary. Yes. It's a docu-mockumentary. <laughs> That's what it is. It was a gamble is what it was. Yeah. The movie is interesting because it is completely ad-libbed. Yes. I have a transcript version of this movie that they put together uh, along with all the songs that they had written at the time and uh, everything. But... Derek Smalls is played by Harry Shearer. Yes. And Harry Shearer is very famous for being... Mr. Burns. A bunch of Simpson voices. Yes. Um, Michael McKeon is uh, David St. Hubbins. And he 
is most famous for being Lenny on Laverne and Shirley. Right. One of the dorky guys. But he's also been on Better Call Saul. Uh He was an alum of Saturday Night Live. He's done a lot of these ad-lib movies. Yes. So you'll see him in Best in Show, um, Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, Mm -hmm. various things like that. However, that being said, this is a real rock band. You forgot about Nigel, too. Well, yeah, Nigel. Nigel Tufnell is played by Christopher Guest. Mm -hmm. He's most famous for being in uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) How is that family friendly? (laughs) I didn't cuss. No. Um, No, he's he's famous for doing these movies. Yes, he was the six-fingered man in The Princess Bride. Yes. Married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm Mm-hmm. He uh, he does voice work too, I think, doesn't he? He probably. He's really um, kind of a character actor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he was, you know, waiting for Guffman, best in yeah. show. Um, Him and Michael McKean work together a lot. Yeah. So that's that tight knit group. It's really the three of them. Rob Reiner played Marty DeBerge, mm-hmm. and he took that name as being a kind of like a amalgam of a bunch of directors that he liked. Uh, Marty was uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh-huh. Uh, the D, I think, is Dino De Laurentiis. Okay. Berg is Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And the G, or the E at the end, mm-hmm. I, is uh, Federico Fellini. Okay. So he kind of mashed those names together and came up with Marty DeBerge. What about his hat? His hat says, what, uh, Oral... It's the USS Oral C. Yeah. O-O-R... It looks like coral. Yeah. Yeah. It's oral. But it's not a real thing. No. They made that hat up. Does it have any meaning? I have no idea. Oh, I thought maybe you would have looked that up, too. Because yeah. I was like, the hat's obviously fake. Right. <laughs> um, Paul Schaefer played uh, Artie, uh, Artie Fumpkin. Uh-huh. Uh, he did a great job at that. Uh, what's her name? Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher played Bobby, Bobby Fleckman. Billy Crystal and Dana Carvey were in there. Yes. But they were paid actors, yes. obviously. Um, we also got a, uh, a glimpse of Angelica Houston yeah. as the, the Stonehenge creator. Mm-hmm. And the limo driver is from The Godfather Part Two. Mm-hmm. And the first drummer is Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr. Um, and this is why he was doing a very serious role on St. Elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, he also did a goofy thing about cheese rolling that's on the DVD, but isn't in the movie at all. And it's just bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, this uh, totally, I don't want to call them a fake band because they're a real band. They wrote all these songs. They play their own music. Mm-hmm. This is their band. Yes. It's um, just a satire band. Yeah. Rob Reiner wanted to play the drummer of the band, but they told him he looked terrible in spandex. <laughs> so he said, can I just be the director then? And they're like, yeah. But yeah, it was a gamble. They it took them a year to edit, so they shot it in 1982, uh, near the end of '82. And '83, they edited the movie, and then they shopped it around to get uh, a distributor. Distributor picked them up in '84. Yeah. So this movie came out around the same time as a couple horror movies. Also, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was doing uh, a really raunchy rated R movie. Oh. Yeah. Got to see all of that. Mm-hmm. I was a very confused 11-year-old boy. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right there. Um, 
but yeah, the band is just their Spinal Tap. They they have a couple albums. Um, the Sun Never Sweats, and uh, what's the other one? Break Like the Wind. Mm-hmm. Their most recent one was in 2007. It was called uh, Back from the Dead. Um, and of course, Harry Shearer put out a Derek Small solo album. Yes. Uh, recently, and I think it's called Derek Smalls. Or something like I'm that. I'm not sure. I know there's an uh, Australian. It's Australian interview floating yeah. around where he's in character. It, totally in character. It's hysterical. You have yeah. to go watch it. Um, the DVD commentary is them, and it's they're in character, and it's hysterical. So anyway, what did you think of the movie? I love this movie. Yeah, it's one of I my remember favorites. the first time you had me watch this movie and you told me it was real. I do that to everybody. I know. It's hysterical. And I was watching it and I go, there's no way this is real. That's that's Lenny. You know, because I watch, I watch things and I see actors and I'm yeah. like, they're in this. And I was like, it, it didn't take me long to figure out that this was not real. <laughs> and I was I, like, I isn't just, that Rob Reiner? You know? <laughs> I just recently showed this to uh, another friend of ours. And he was totally like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I've never heard of this band. How come I've never heard of this band? I'm like, I can't believe you've never heard of Spinal Tap. Um, and I really can't because Spinal Tap is kind of influential. I mean, uh, Metallica did made their Black Album the Black Album yes. because of Spinal Tap. Yeah. There's been a lot of musicians that have been influenced by Spinal Tap. And there's a lot of musicians that thought that they were having a, a, a go at a them, laugh at them uh, yeah. because of some of like the things Ozzie. that they did. Yeah, Ozzy was pissed. The, the truth behind the Stonehenge thing is that uh, Ozzy's manager, instead of writing it in, in, in feet, like the dimensions in feet, he put it in meters. So it was three times as large or three times larger than it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it was too big to put on the set. Yeah. But that happened after. Yeah, that did happen after. Yeah, there's another band, and I can't remember the name of the band, but they also did something similar where it was too big for the I can totally see that happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we went to that Kiss concert, and I was like, anything can go wrong here. (laughs) I mean, like, when they were shooting those flames. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I felt the heat, and Uh I was in the nosebleeds. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine being that drummer feeling that no, heat? No, not at you all. You have to have non-combustible hair to be on that stage. I would hope. Yeah. No hairspray. Nothing. You know, yeah. Just terrible. You know, like he came up out of the out of the stage mm-hmm. and sang Beth. Yeah. And I was like, what if that stage only went like halfway and just crapped out on him? <laughs> It would have been great. It would have been, been hilarious. Crazy. He'd have played Beth. <laughs> he would have played with it. just the top of his head Absolutely. showing. Yep, because he's mean, he's a trooper. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, like when we went and saw the the concerts a couple weeks ago, I, I kept thinking we should do Spinal Tap, <laughs> and you know that's what we did. Uh, do Do you have a favorite character? I have a favorite character. I really like Nigel. Yeah, me too. He's just funny christopher guest to me is one of the funniest people oh yeah i love michael mckeon though yeah me i too. do he's he's brilliant that dude his comedy can act he's his really good off. with music he's just a well-rounded yeah. individual but nigel in this movie that this goes to 11 yeah you can't dust for vomit yeah. i mean he had some of the best and lines. he says it's deadpan there's no yes. laughing and even even a few scenes we see when he's talking, 
If you look at Michael McKeon, he's trying not to laugh. Or even Mick, the drummer. Yeah. He had to cover his face yes. a lot. Yeah, because he's not experienced with this no, he's, at all. No, he's not a he's not an improv actor. Oh, and wasn't Viv like a real musician, a yeah. famous musician? Mm-hmm. I just don't know what band. No. Yeah. He didn't look. No, I didn't look. <laughs> um, His name is David Caff, I believe. Yes. So, so if you know who David Caff is, Calf. He, that he played Viv. He emoted a lot during the movie. Yes. And I'm like he really put himself out there Mm -hmm. for being not an actor right the first time i saw this band in anything though it was the hellhole music video Uh uh-huh the movie had come out but they put out this video you can find this video on youtube so you know if you're listening to this and you've come this far check out hellhole by spinal tap on uh on the youtubes Mm-hmm. and check it out but i thought like my brain didn't decipher who bands at the time yeah because you know i'm watching the scorpions and i'm watching def leopard then i'm watching twisted sister because it was a lot of heavy metal and punk and new right. wave bands that that dominated the airwaves in early mtv and then it comes spinal tap and i'm like oh it's def leopard again Oh my god, no <laughs> no no seriously though look at look at the video for um is it the Rock of Ages one? Is there anybody out there? That yeah, song? yeah. That's not Rock of Ages. Though. No. Um, but I but know look which at one that video, and then look at his hairstyle, and then look at Nigel's hairstyle. Uh-huh. They're very similar. Well, yeah, they they went for a style that mimicked yeah. a lot of people at that time. So I thought that was the band. That's funny. And I'm like, oh, they're saying hell on TV. Ooh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, um, but that was the first time I saw the band. Then I, like, it wasn't on my mind for a long, long time. And then one day I'm watching the Arsenio Hall show, and they do a song called Christmas with the Devil. (laughs) That's funny. And uh, they're in full character. Uh They come and sit on the couch um, in character. I love that. And Arsenio goes, "Um, so this is a new drummer, is it? And they're like, yeah, this is a new drummer. And uh, he's like, well, what happened in the last one? Well, he died. Well, how did he die? A tragic bucks accident. He just died. <laughs> and I'm like, why are they so glib about it? Like, yeah. They just don't yeah. care. And they're like, well, how many drummers have you gone through? And he, and he, at that time, he said, oh, about 40. Oh, my. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> 40 drummers. And I thought it was a real band, oh, again. Because so like, I didn't register that that was Michael McKean. I grew up watching Laverne and Shirley. And you didn't see and it at all. And I just didn't see it. That's too funny. And I've never seen Harry Shear, and I didn't know who uh, right. the other guy was. Right. Um, um, Christopher Chris Guest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, when this movie came out, Jamie Lee Curtis saw a cover of Rolling Stone and saw Nigel. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I got to meet that guy. He's hot. Really? Yes. Aww. So she called the movie studio, which I think it was they had the same movie studio. And she says... Uh, can you give me the address of uh, Mr. Nigel Tufnell? <laughs> because they did their interview in Rolling Stone oh, in no. character. So oh. she only knew him as Nigel Tufnell. Yes. Now, there's other other DVD releases that came out in other countries where at the beginning there's a disclaimer that says this is not a real band. Oh, really? We don't have that luxury in America, no. apparently, because they totally fool us in America. Which I think is fun. Yeah. 
So she eventually finds out his name's Christopher Guest, that he's not British, uh-huh. and he doesn't play rock and roll music, but he really does play rock and roll music. Right. So she, they started dating, and they've been married ever since. That's really cute, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a happy story in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I can't recommend this movie more. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot find it on any streaming service right now. But it does pop up on Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime every now and then. Is it available to run on YouTube? You can rent it. I think you can rent it on YouTube. Yeah, so there's one platform. Yeah, you can rent them on Vudu, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. But it's just not streaming for free. Yeah, it's not free streaming. I don't think it ever is. No, it is. I've watched it with uh, Hunter on uh, Netflix. Oh, okay. That's weird since we own it. Well, it was just convenient. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to put a lot of effort into making somebody watch a movie. I'm just going to say, if it's on Netflix, we're going to watch it. Yeah, And yeah. it was on Netflix, and we watched it. Um, it was funny, though, because he texted his dad. He goes, Eric's making me watch this movie called Spinal Tap. I've never heard of the band. And his dad came back with, you've never heard of Spinal Tap? I raised I raised a terrible son or something <laughs> oh, like that. No. You know? And he's like, he's like, my dad just like roasted me. You know, so <laughs> I can't but, believe Jason hadn't watched, made him watch it before that too. Yeah, me either. Yeah. So anyway, next week we're going to end our musical month of September. Maybe we'll make every September a musical month. We'll see what happens in a year. Yeah, I might be, you know, no longer with us. Stop that! That's not funny. <laughs> But next week, uh, I decided that we're going to watch Little Shop of Horrors. It'll get us ready for the October month of October. Which which version? The musical the version. The original? The musical version. was still the musical month of September. It, I thought the original had music, too. The original is not a musical. Oh, no, okay. I mean, you can watch the original on... Uh, it's a riff track on oh. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Um, and you can watch the musical on Amazon Prime. So get yourself ready to watch Little Shop of Horrors this week, and we will discuss it next week on this podcast. How's that sound? Okay. All right, great. So anyway, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. Or you can go over to Facebook, and we're posting a lot more on Facebook getting a lot of interaction with our fans fans listeners i'm not going to call them fans they're not fans they're Some not of like them are fans mackenzie's our biggest fan yeah but we're not like hey will you autograph this for me and oh, it's no, like no. it's like her boob that's just silly well i'm i'm going to get there one day dream i'll be big. like dream big there you go there you go know what i'm saying um, you, yeah, you can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour on Facebook. You can also find us on some of your favorite podcasting uh, host sites. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, My Left Foot, Your Right Foot. There Everywhere. Everywhere. So thanks for listening and go watch a movie.